Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. Woo! Full morning, hey? I love it. Life in the house. Well, we're continuing our series in Ephesians, and we're going to talk about that and what that means in a minute. But as we continue, it made me, what we're talking about today made me think of a story. Uh, We had friends several years ago. They had a teenage daughter who just started driving. You can see where this is going. (laughs) And uh, our kids have done the same stuff, but this this is kind of a funny yet harmless story. And so the parents were both on worship teams, so they go to church early, and the daughter, the 16-year-old, brings the, 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 the like, 8- and 6-year-old son later with her. And, and she is, the night before, just a torrential storm, just, just covered the city, and then there is, there is puddles all across the city, and, you know, there's giant pools of water, Right? She is driving to church, and she has got that sweet 2002 Chevy Malibu, right? You guys remember those when they updated the Malibu right before they got rid of the Malibu? Anybody remember that? Feels like those might be connected. Anyway, she is driving it, and and it's a low-to-the-ground vehicle. And she's driving. She's got the little boys in the back seat, and she sees the road kind of goes down and then comes back up. But in that down part, there is a giant pool of water. And she's like, whatever, this will be fun. I'm just going to gun it. Everybody who knows cars knows what I'm about to say. (laughs) Am I right? Anybody here knows what I'm about to say? Put your hand up. They're mostly men. I noticed that too. I shouldn't notice that, but I did. All right. So, so she hits the gas as hard as she can, straight in that puddle, bloosh, done. <laughs> she is, it's like somebody slammed on the brakes, but she didn't. Does anybody know what happened? Louder. Flooded it, but flooded it all the way into the engine block. That was the end of the car. Why and how? Now she's 16 years old. She has no clue. Water engine bad. She doesn't know that. She thinks puddle fast good, right? Do you see the difference? Now, sometimes that's true, right? And sometimes it's very not true. So that was the, I mean, her dad was fit to be tied, just losing. I can't believe this. How could you not? And I'm thinking, at the time he told me the story, I'm like, I don't know if I knew this. And I should have. This was a while ago. All right, so. Uh, and, and that was the end of that car. They ended up having to get a new car down the road. Thankfully, everybody was okay. Nobody's injured or hurt. You know, but that was the end of the car. Because what she had was youthful passion, but definitely not wisdom. <laughs> she wasn't wise yet. She hadn't grown up. She's like, I'm going to hit the gas. This will be awesome. It was not awesome. That was the end of that car. By the way, she didn't make it to church. She did not get there that day. <laughs> And, and, uh, and, and just a bummer, right? And 
Paul goes into this new section of Ephesians talking about spiritual wisdom. And it is, it, it just is the phrase in this section of scripture that I couldn't get away from all week. So if you have your Bibles, go to Ephesians chapter 1. Paul is writing to a church in Ephesus, but also churches across the region. And they're a young church. He, did probably, he probably did not start this church, but he helped advance this church. He caused a riot in this city by leading people to Christ. But he's telling a very young church and young believers, you've got to realize, anything for the first hundred years or so in Christianity, they're a young church. A lot of new people to Jesus. A lot of young people in Jesus. Not a lot of mature people in Jesus. There's very few people like Paul. There's a lot of people like the people in Ephesus. They want to hit the gas and they want to go. So here's what he says, starting at verse 15. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I've not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in the knowledge of God. I pray your hearts will be flooded with the light so that you can understand with confident hope He's given to those he's called, his holy people who are in his rich, glorious inheritance. I also pray you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he's far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and made him head over all things for the benefit of the church and the church is his body made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would have your way in this place. You would speak your word, not mine, yours. Do what you want. We're available, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, this whole idea of spiritual wisdom is the idea of growing up. I want you to learn. I want you to grow spiritually. Right? So some people become focused on certain arenas in life, and then they, they stay kind of stuck there. They never really grow. They stay stuck in a certain thing. When, we're come, when we come to Christ, we are, the term is, born Again, born again. And, and the idea is you, your spirit is now alive again. Your spirit was dead. When Christ comes into your heart, he forgives you of your sins, he redeems you, and he brings your spirit back to life. We were dead, now we're alive, but we're also an infant, spiritually speaking. It doesn't mean everything you've learned in life is wrong. It doesn't mean uh, you have to learn everything all over again. For some of you, it felt like that. Not for all of you, but your spirit has very little knowledge and understanding, and it has to grow up. Your spirit does. We are babes in Christ, and a lot of people can even stay kids. And here's the thing. I don't know about you. More now, maybe, than even then, I loved being a kid. Five years old was the best time of my life. I had a big wheel. 
I, I had no fear. I, I thought everybody was my friend. Now I was right about virtually none of that. <laughs> but it's okay because I was five. And other people were looking out for me. I didn't have to grow up yet. Anybody here, like, I don't want my kids to grow up too fast. Let me tell you, I got five of them. They do. I just said to Ange yesterday, I'm like, I, like our son, our youngest son, I'm like, he, he, I keep thinking he's like still a little boy, even though he's not at all. <laughs> because where did the time go? What happened? How did he grow up like this? But spiritually, we have a choice. Like in your body, whether you mature or not, you will get older, Right? This used to be a thick, glorious village atop my head. It is no longer. It is an empty lot. And that's all right. We move on. Okay? It's just what it is. Life goes on. That I don't have a choice in. But spiritually, we have choices to grow. We have choices to gain in wisdom or to stay where we are. Most people don't think at the front of their minds, spiritually, I just want to stop growing. Nobody thinks that. It just happens from getting stuck. Now here's the thing. What I want to put up against each other for a little bit is the idea of spiritual passion versus spiritual wisdom. Okay? They're, they're, we need them both. They're both awesome. Spiritual passion is when you are young in Christ, you are a new believer, it's your first few years, and you're just like, everything is awesome, because Jesus, and you're right, that's true, and then one day you find that God didn't do what you wanted him to do, and things aren't always going your way, and you're like, everything isn't always awesome, right? Well, and it's like, what you're about to find out is that's spiritual wisdom, and you're about to start learning it, but you don't know that yet. But for a while, you're just like, everything is great. Everything's the best. I love it. And you know what? That is a great season. Matter of fact, Seinfeld says it a great way. Just take a second and look at this. Hey, wait up. Wait up. That's what kids say. They don't say wait. They say, wait up. Hey, wait up. Because when you're little, your life is up. The future is up. Everything you want is up. Wait up. Hold up. Shut up. Mom, I'll clean up. Let me stay up. <laughs> Parents, of course, are just the opposite. Everything is down. Just calm down. Slow down. Come down here. Sit down. Put that down. So true, right? <laughs> it's funny because it's true. That is our spiritual life. We're just like, yes! And then we, we start growing up. And here's what I want you to know. If you are younger in Jesus Christ, we love you. And we love your passion. We're excited for you to grow. And you don't have to grow too fast. Take your time. Because this ride with Jesus is awesome. And it's long. And it's great. And at times it's rough. And some of you are passion people. You think, I've got wisdom. I am wise, Pastor Brian. Bought a Chevy. <laughs> That's you. Like, I'm just wise. So, passion people are like this. This is how you know if you're a passion person. If you're a person who you love worship, 
but you love it more than the message. I wasn't talking about anybody in particular over here. <laughs> okay? <laughs> but the people are like, oh, worship is about, I could take or leave the message. But the worship. And the reason is because learning is tough for you yet. For example, when I went to high school, I sat in classes all day long. But I remember kindergarten, I painted with my fingers. It was amazing. We didn't do that in high school once, not once. Like, what happened? You grow up and you start learning. When you love worship more than them, you can still love worship. The older, I love worship. I love worshiping, but I also love the message. I love hearing the word as much as I love lifting up the one who gave it. Right. Well, why? Well, worship can, always, can often be a little more experiential. You feel like you feel God's presence more, or you sense it. And I'm not saying you do or you don't. Sometimes we do. But if you receive more from that than from hearing and applying, it's not because one's better than the other. It's just because you're a passion person. You haven't grown up fully enough yet. Okay? If you love the gifts of the Spirit, but you don't love learning about them. Some people are like, watch me use my gift of healing. Pow! Did you see that? I see it. You punched them. They're bleeding now. <laughs> They're healed. <laughs> like, you know, my leg doesn't hurt anymore, but it might be because my face hurts now. Right? Some people are like that. They, they, they have spiritual gifts, but they don't grow in them. Some people have a, have a word, you know, or, or they have a gift of healing, but they, 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 it never went any deeper. I remember friends sharing that with me a little, several years ago, and it stung because I was like, I think that's me. I don't think I've gone any further with this gift. It's like I got it. You know, it's, it's like being the given the gift of a motorcycle. Like somebody gave it to you, but, and I, could, I can move it, but I don't really know how to ride it. You know what I mean? Or, or you love witnessing, but you don't love honing the craft of witnessing. You love sharing your faith, but when you do, you're like, hey, this is my Bible. Come here. <laughs> right? And you're just that person, like, I'm, I'm in your face, and I'm not ashamed of it. Sometimes you should be. It's not because you should be ashamed of Jesus, but your approach is not always great, right? Sometimes we tend to deliver the message of Jesus, not with a handshake, but strapped to a brick. And we're like, why didn't they come to know Jesus? Well, because you heard them. Because you're passionate, but you're not all that wise. Now here, don't get me wrong. If you're young and passionate, and you haven't learned, still go witness, and witness all you can. Because it's amazing what you're doing for the kingdom. And the Lord loves it, and he's proud of you. But at the same time, be willing to grow. Okay? You love opportunities. I want to preach how long you've been saved. A week and a half. Hmm, not yet. Why not? I'm excited. Yeah, but you're not wise. When I gave my first message, it was in junior high. I was 13 years old. Because I asked my youth leaders in my junior high group to let me preach for weeks or months on end. Can I have a chance? Can I have a chance? Can I have a chance? And they said no to me for weeks. And then one day they're like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you half the time, which is 20 minutes. 
That's right, they took 45 minutes every week to try and teach junior hires. This is called the early 90s when they didn't care about your attention span, right? We played almost no games, it was no fun, but we met Jesus. So, they, they're like, you're going to get 20 minutes. Literally walking to youth group, I was like, I should have a scripture, shouldn't I? Yeah, yeah, that's bad. That's bad. If you don't have a scripture going to your message, either you're really close to the Spirit or you're really not close to the Spirit. You're one of those two. I was the second, okay? But God showed up. He was gracious to me, but I, I did not do well. It wasn't that good. And God moved anyway, thankfully, despite my stupidity, because I loved opportunity, but I didn't love growing. And some people love boldness. You, you just get out there and say it. I've been that person. I'm just going to say it. I don't care if you like it. Until everybody hates you, they're like, why does everybody hate me? Because you're bold, but you're not wise. There are times we're going to be bold, people are going to hate us, and wisdom is knowing when you've got to be that bold and when you don't. What battles to fight and what not. It's kind of like the spiritual passion people. Michael, would you come up real quick? This, so this is Michael's motorcycle um, that he brings to like mission shows and stuff like that. If you don't know, Michael's also, he's one of our elders and one of our house missionaries, um, and, and also has raced motorcycles for a lot of years now at this point, right? And one of the main reasons you did that was what they do is they match funds to raise money to help buy vehicles for missionaries. Uh, and they did the same for us several years ago when we, when we lost a vehicle. So what I want to ask you about, though, is how an engine works. Okay, because yeah, he's also an engineer, and you build engines, am I yep. correct to say that? So you, I could not explain how an engine works. I know a little bit, but you're smart and way smarter than me. Tell us how, how that works. Well, yeah, I guess I really wasn't prepared to talk about this so much, but, but you know, basically, you know, you have uh, fuel and air that uh, are sucked into uh, a small chamber that then ignites and everything, everybody probably knows that when you light something on fire, it expands very rapidly, right? So what that does is it pushes down the piston and then it's got a system where it's a, a lever working on a crankshaft that translates that explosion into a rotary motion and then goes through the uh, gearbox and you select uh, different ratios for uh, different situations, I'll say, and it makes the, uh, the vehicle move, so it converts the, the uh, uh, energy and the fuel mixed with the energy in the air to compel the motorcycle forward. Thank you. Okay. So, that's good. That's it. That's all I needed for. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. So, if you get nothing out of the day, you got some science. There we go. All right. Follow the science. All right. So, spiritual passion people are the fuel, that air in the tank. They drive, they push, and they're excited. We need you. Spiritual wisdom people are the people who can steer and get you where you're supposed to go. And you don't want one or the other. We need both. If we were fired ba this baby up and just go, I would get about 30, 40 feet till we found an abrupt ending. <laughs> And it would not end well. But that speed, combined with the ability to steer, can take us anywhere. 
Spiritual passion with spiritual wisdom shakes the world. We need those who are spiritually passionate. But the spiritually passionate need the spiritually wise. What does that mean, Pastor? And what does that look like? So one line at a time. Here we go. All right. Spiritual passions are ready to go. But spiritual wisdom understands God can say no. Spiritual passion is powerful, but spiritual wisdom is directional. Spiritual passion knows the urgency to go, but spiritual wisdom knows when to go. You ever been in a season in your life where you're like, let's go! And the Lord's like, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. And some of you were like, I got this, Jesus. And you went anyway, and you know what you did? You hit the gun, you got on the bike and you hit a brick wall. Didn't happen. Some of us are like, why don't we have a building yet? And I say this with all confidence, ask Jesus. Because believe me, I'm not the one saying no yet. <laughs> we, are, we have knocked on every door. Anybody here ever said to Pastor Brian or somebody on the team, hey, have you looked at blank building and we already had? Anybody here? Put your hands up around the room. Yep. Yep, there's more of you. Some of you won't raise your hand. Because we've seen it. Because we've knocked. But God has not said yes yet. And we've got to be wise. Spiritual passions, excited to get to work. Wisdom knows when to wait. Spiritual passion helps fight battles. But spiritual wisdom seeks winning the war. Some of you are ready to fight a battle. But you've got to realize the kingdom and the kingdom of God is a lot more like chess than it is checkers. God is moving pieces where we don't see and doing things we can't understand. And the wise person in the Lord knows no matter how long I'm waiting, he can be trusted and is worth the wait. That's a tough one. Some of us have, you've waited in long seasons saying, God has held me back. What's held me back? I've held me back. And you never heard the whisper from the Lord saying, no, I'm doing things that you can't see. I'm moving in ways you don't even know. But we get amped up. We get like, well, God, come on, come on. See, spiritual passion is a soldier, but spiritual wisdom is more like a general. To grow up in the Lord. Soldiers are, here's the thing. The passion people, they're ready to go and they're ready to fight, right? When somebody signs up for the Marines, I want to go to the world. And if you come to me and you're like, you want to sign up for the Marines? Uh, If that means an office somewhere, yes, I'm in, (laughs) right? Because that's where I am now. Part of it's wisdom. Part of it's just I'm old and I don't move that quick, right? And that's okay. But we need both, don't we? And if you want to grow in the Lord, to grow in that wisdom, it's hard. It's not easy. And you're going to basically have to go through stuff. Right? Daniel's a Marine. He's he's seen some stuff. But the best soldiers weren't the guys who showed up fresh-faced. Am I right? 
is the guys who've been there a while and survived and lived and made it through and learned strategy and learned what works and what doesn't work. Right? Faithful is better than sexy every time. But only wisdom knows that. I'll say it again. Faithful is better than sexy every time. But only wisdom knows that. And I'm not even talking about experience. Some people have learned a lesson with God a hundred times. Let me rephrase that. Some people have gone through a lesson with God a hundred times, but they never learned it. Why? Because they, didn't, they don't want to be wise. They're passionate, but they don't want to grow. And nobody wants to diminish anybody's passion. But Paul cries out, but learn in this wisdom because it's so good. It's so transformational. I remember years ago at the phone company, you know, there were, there were guys who just, they were older guys. There was like the, the me, like the young greenhorns. Then there were like the middle guys who'd been there a few years who think they know everything, but they're just arrogant. And there were the guys who'd been there 20, 30 years. There was one guy on our team, his name was Grizz. Because his last name was like Griswold. But everybody called him Grizz. And he lived up to the name. His skin looked like a 700-year-old cow. Um, skin is real. Smoked like a chimney. I'm pretty sure if he stopped smoking, he was going to die. Right? That's how far into it he'd been. He, he just lived rough. But that guy... And he was, cr- he was a crank. He was not nice. He was never happy. But if you needed help and he showed up on the job, you knew it was getting done. Because that guy knew this business in and out, up and down. He knew every problem, everything that could come up. Anybody know somebody like that on the job? You're like, if that guy shows up, we'll get it done. Some of you are like, that's me. I'm that guy. Good for you. <laughs> You're wise, but you're not humble. <laughs> right? There are those people too, right? I want, we need the people who are like, I'm ready to go. You know, those people will make it to setup team. But thank God for the Martys who are like, you know, if we do it this way, it's easier. <laughs> thank, yeah, come on. <laughs> Thank God for the people who are wise, who learn the phrase, work smarter, not harder. Right? I have not learned that phrase yet. (laughs) Because there's a lot of times I'm like, come on, force it, just uh, grit it. You know, that's true sometimes. It really is. But a lot of times that's not what's true. A lot of times it's saying, pause, hold on. When I was a worship leader years ago, and we were singing, you know, songs we don't sing anymore. <laughs> Thank God for Chris Tomlin. He saved my life. <laughs> um, we'd be singing, and there are times, man, the band would just, they decided, I want to play my own song right now. <laughs> the drummer's like, I'm going to play my own time signature. And the keyboardist was like, I don't like this key. <laughs> and the singer's like, I'm gifted. And you need to know it. <laughs> right? Like it was just one of, those, one of those days on a worship team. And it would start to just run away. with. And, and there was a while I would try and force it back. Several years I'd be like, I just louder. Play harder. Everybody follow me. And you know what? It, it, almost, it always made it worse. Until, until I learned. Like hold on. Just 
stop the train, pull it back. And I would, I would, like, hold on, let's, let's focus in worship for a minute. I'd pull the songs back, bring the drums down, keys back off, and let's just quietly worship together for a minute. Just bring it back to center. Because I went from passionate to passionate and wise when it came to leading worship. I realized forcing it through often doesn't work. And that was really true with faster songs. But anyway. Some of you, you're passionate. And that's awesome. And some of you, and, and stay there for as long as you can. But some of you, you need to cross the threshold from only passionate to passionate and wise. Start learning. Sit underneath somebody. I've said this many times. Every believer needs a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy in their life. Paul's somebody over you. A Barnabas is somebody beside you. And Timothy is somebody who's beneath you. You're discipling. Everybody needs a brother or sister over them, coaching them, cheering them on. Everybody needs a Barnabas beside them who says, man, I'm your brother. I'm your sister. I got your back. I'm with you no matter what. And a Timothy who's, who's teaching them. And a lot of people, they love to have a Barnabas and a Timothy, but not everybody loves having a Paul. Because Pauls tell us things we don't want to hear. And they hurt, and they may cause us to change. And we live now more than that ever. We just had that conversation with some friends these, a, a little while ago. Some of us, we're so... Any of us, like, used to, my pastors could say anything they wanted to me. And it, if they said that to people now, they'd get, like, sued into oblivion, you know. But now we're, we're all so that way. Me too. I'm easily offended at times where I'm like, come on, Brian, grow up. You know, stop being so, like, everything's not personal. And sometimes, like, I, I am wrong. I'm wrong here. God, change me. Correct me. And, and, and help me to pick up what is wrong and what isn't. I'm going to just leave there and not apply it to the what problem is. We're like, well, if I'm wrong, then let's find out where you're wrong too. Well, stop. We want like reciprocation on what's right and wrong. Well, if you're going to pick on the right, the left has problems too. We don't have to balance out our problems. <laughs> we all got problems. We're all broken. We're all sinners. We all lie. We all gossip. We all steal. But the wisdom is saying, all right, God, I want to be willing to be taught without being stuck in what I'm being taught. I want to take what's good and leave what's bad. As one friend said, as a teacher said years ago, help me to take the meat and leave the bones. We sometimes say, Don't, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Learn in everything I possibly can. Grow me, Lord. What's good here when what's not? And the wiser you become, the more you're going to figure out there's some good here, there's no good here, this is mostly good. You're going to learn that. Right? Oh, what that person said to me, it's actually not true at all. That's a lie. I can just reject that. I love them, and I don't have to receive what they say. And other times you can be like, now there's some truth in what they said to me. I need to take it and learn from it, and then I need to throw the rest out. And then you can say, oh, what this person said to me, actually, they're right on. God, I'm sorry. God, make me better. God, thanks for bringing this to me. 
How do I get spiritual wisdom? Here's a good question. And he says in Ephesians, what has God already done? This is a great way to gain spiritual wisdom. Just ask that question. What's God already done? How do you know? It's pretty simple. Read the Bible. (laughs) You want to know what God's done? It's right here. Get to know him. You want to know what it's like? It's right here. It's all up in here. Get all up in this book. Read it. Take it in. One of the things he says in there, the same power that Christ raised from the dead lives in me. If you can learn that knowledge, man, that is transformational. You begin to realize there is no problem. There's no disease. There's no fear. There's no person. Some of you are like, that person's in the way of my destiny. And I would tell you, greater is he who's in you. You have the power of God that raised Christ from the dead living inside of you. I would also tell you this. If you're like, well, Pastor Brian, I've been victimized. First, I'd say you probably have been. Many people have been. But the Bible makes it very clear you are not to label yourself as a victim. You are a victor because of Jesus Christ. You can process and feel and understand the pain of being victimized without taking on the label. What is God doing? Ask, seek, knock, Matthew 7. You want to find out what he's doing? Ask him. Seek him. Se- to seek God in that, it's, it's different than the other two. Ask and knock are like a petition. To seek him, though, is to say, I want to see you where I'm not seeing you. That's beginning to find out what God is doing. Ask is to petition God. Would you do this for me, God? Would you help me? I need to understand this. But seek is to listen and to look and to wait and to get to know. And to knock. Those are steps of faith. God, help me. I need to know what's going on. I want to grow in wisdom. So really what that is, ask, seek, knock, it's relationship with Jesus. I'm talking to you. I'm looking for you. I'm waiting for you to come. I'm here for you. I'm at your door, Lord. What do you want? The passion people will ask. The passion people might even knock, but they don't seek. So you're like, I pray, Pastor Brian. I ask God for things all the time. Uh Uh-huh. But do you seek God? Do you listen? Do you wait? You want to know if you're a passion versus a wisdom person. A passion person doesn't wait on God very long and definitely doesn't like it. A wisdom person may not like it, but has learned that there's great value in it. And the wisest person actually does like it. You're doing something, Lord, and I'm not in a hurry. And I've gotten a hurry with God way more times than you know, even today. (laughs) And every time, just pretty much every time I'm wrong. Really, I really think God should be on my schedule far more than he is. <laughs> but he knows. And then lastly, what is God waiting on or wanting to do 
or even warning against. Wise, spiritually wise people know these things. God's waiting on that. See, we've so Americanized it that we're like, no, 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 God's not waiting. It's just I need to do this, or I need to do that, or uh, this person did this, and so it kept me from that. I, I hate to tell you this, but the wisest person really understands God is sovereign. He is in control no matter how bad you want it. I'll wait, God. Well, some people use that as an excuse for laziness, Pastor Brian. Some do. That's not most of us, though. What is God wanting to do? God may, let me blow your mind. God is far more interested in you than in what you do. Some of you are like, what? I want you to all look at me, eyes on me. Hear me out on this. Some of you right now are saying, God, what is your plan? Look me in the eyes. Everybody in the room, look me in the eyes. You. You are the plan. You're the plan. It's not what gets done. You, you, you're it. You're the idea. You're the vision. Your heart, your life, your, your relationship. You. You know, when I got married, I didn't look at my wife and I was like, I can't wait to build a shed with you. That will be when we've arrived. I can't wait to build a crib with you. Matter of fact, I was very not in the spirit that day. <laughs> I can't wait to build Ikea with you. A demon show up every time that Swedish box opens. The Swedes are all demonic, every one of them. All right? So, when I said yes to her, when she said yes to me, it wasn't for anything but her. Infinitely more so the Lord with you. You're the plan. The wisest person realizes what God is trying to do has far more to do with me than what he's actually doing. And what is God warning against? There's a couple of scriptures, and I'm closing right now. It says, test, test these things. 1 Thessalonians 5.21, 1 John 4.1. Some of us, they, we don't like to be tested because we, we don't want to be critical or judgmental. Or it's a, There's a right way and a wrong way to test things. If it's from a critical spirit, that's wrong. That's saying, I really don't want God, but I'll check it out. But the good testing says, you know what, God, I'll dip my finger at the feet in these, to uh, these toes in this water and see what you're doing. I'll check it out. I'll listen. I'll consider it. I'll test it. I'll check the pulse of this thing. I'm open. And there's people all across this room God is nudging you in your life. And it hurts a little bit. But it's a good hurt. It's not a bad one. I go to the gym four or five times a week. And you know, yesterday, I've been in the gym for like six months. And you're like, really? I know, I know, I'm with you. 
I feel the same way. But, uh, but yesterday, uh, my workout set for, set for the first time in weeks, like do a set of push-ups or something else. And I went and I was like, man, these are way easier than I remember them being. I grabbed a couple of 70s in each arm and I was benching and, and, and with the dumbbells and I'm like, this is easier than it's been in quite some time. Man, but it took months and it was painful. I have some inflammation. There are multiple times I pretty much threw up when I was working out. But that's a good pain. I don't want to do it every day. I don't want that kind of pain. And if it hurts like that every day, you're doing too much. That's probably not God. But the Lord wants you to grow, and growth is good. My second son's about to leave me. In great. You know, and it hurts, but it's a good hurt. It's the best hurt ever. The plan of God is good plans of God for you are good. And if they hurt when they grow, muscles hurt when they grow, but when you got to use them again, it's like, this works better. All right. This is good, right? I want to grow. I want to do better, Lord. I want to forgive quicker. I want to ask for forgiveness quicker. I want to not be hurt so easily. I want, I want to be, the other day, my wife, for some strange reason, thought it was fun to punch me in the stomach. It was fun. She was being goofy. I don't, I, I don't get it. It's, it's an abusive relationship, but we'll not talk about it. But she's, she was hitting me, and the thing is, I've been working, you know what? It really didn't hurt that much. You want to know why? Because it may look bigger than it ought to, but it's pretty strong underneath. Why? Because I work out a lot, and so it was stronger, which means I could take a hit better. This is not permission, by the way, but... What I am saying is, it's a good hurt. I can take a hit better now. I don't like it. I don't want to go through it again. But it's a good pain. Wisdom is worth it. Let's stand together. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10.